Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Series is terrible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report here on a football Friday, week number nine underway. Very, very excited. Uh, had ourselves a decent game last night. Uh, I was just talking to Chris right here literally four seconds ago about the Astros winning against. So I already kind of set my tone. Uh, at least there's one team in Houston that's, you know, capable of winning anything. And uh, the Texans weren't. The Texans actually got shellacked. I mean, look. They, they, they showed some they fight. Covered. They covered. Uh, they covered, yes. If you're a gambling man and you put the money on the big old spread, you covered that bet. Great job for that. But the Texans showed life in the first, no life in the second. Um, it, was, it was rough. But before we get into that game, I do want to say one thing. Um, and it, was, it has to do a lot with the mojo market because... Um, oh, by the way, this is Dave Sturcio, and that's Chris Gucci over there. And we're is. coming to you live it is. Uh, from Chop Studios A5, Anthony behind the glass, uh, before I forget that, because I know there's going to be a time where we're going to stop the show, and Anthony's going to be like, hey, by the way, you never introduced yourselves. Um, but anyway, so there was one thing I wanted to say and give more flowers to Chris. And I know there was a lot of uh, speculation yesterday about him being the Kirk Cousins and not being able to nail primetime picks and stuff. I didn't want to go off on a bad note. So last night we saw some news about one said Michael Thomas, and there was a guy on this show named Chris Gucci who may or may not have told you that he wasn't going to see the field anymore this year, and he's not going to see the field anymore. So all the barking that we've done about Chris Olave, double down now because it's just like the, the targets are going to be there for him. Michael Thomas is done for the year, a toe injury. I'm going to put it in air quotes because you never know with this guy. I have honestly no clue if we'll see him in a Saints uniform again. I know there's a massive contract I didn't look, I didn't look with at it, the way the contract looks on paper because maybe there is an out. I think he signed it two years ago, three years ago, but it was a lot of money and it was a big contract, so we'll see. But Michael Thomas definitely not seeing the field this year, so Olave. Olave up, Olave up. Top movers. All right, so top movers from last night, Thursday night football. Like we just said, the Eagles get the job done. They're now eight and zero. They're frauds. I can feel it. There's gonna be there's gonna be a time. Remember the Steelers a couple years ago? I think it was eleven and zero. Look, that's not the same team. You let up fourteen points pretty easily to the Texans, but that's just me. Um, and the Jaguars and these teams that are just no good. I think the Eagles could be had. Dave, eight and zero. I'm well aware of their record. I'm just. I, I still think they could be had. I don't know. It's just. We'll see. Uh, but I will say that the top mover last night, before we get into any eagle, is a guy that we talked about at length uh, within the last couple of days, and that's a Damian Pierce. This dude is an absolute animal. He is a bowling ball. He'll wreck you that way. He'll, he's got breakaway speed. Last night, the only alarming stat that I will drop from last night, and I was telling Chris in pre-show about this, 27 carries for 139 yards, five yards a carry. He's, he's steamrolling, guys. Right now, there is a three-time multiplier on him. If you believe in this guy and you want to go long, go long. I think we've been saying that over and over again. Um, right now, he's sitting in between a Devin Singletary and a Kenyon Drake. So, clearly, like, right now, he's, he's exceeding those expectations. But I wonder, Chris... Is there a worry about the usage? 27 carries? No NFL running backs are getting 27 carries a game anymore. Yeah, I, I'm worried a little bit. I don't think it's going to continue to be a trend. Um, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to give this guy the ball that often and be able to keep him going forward for the next season and the season after. So, yeah, they can't hand anybody the ball 27 times a game. Most of the time, the game script isn't going to really dictate that because the Texans are always going to be down. As you see yesterday, they were in the game the entire time, so they didn't get to deviate from the run plan. 
I can't see him getting 27 carries, but I will say this. He's like everything that Broncos fans wished Javante Williams was this year. And my, when I say Broncos fans, I mean fantasy owners as well. Damian Pierce is that dude. He's a battering ram. Nobody wants to hit him. Really, if, there he, was, if he gets to the secondary, there was a cornerback wants that to step I up saw. And hit I, that like, guy. If you saw it in slow motion, he was just like he's approaching him, then he's just like pulling up and the last second, like making I don't a want business him. decision at the last second. <laughs> right. Damian Pierce, man, yeah, he's a real deal. And yeah, and if you want in on him right now, now's the time. His, his stock is only going to grow because considering that the Texans are now one six and one, uh, their season's obviously lost. And we'll talk about another key player on this team in just a couple minutes, but. There's going to be a lot of moving parts within the Houston organization, including maybe their head coach. I don't know. Lovey seems checked out. He seemed checked out when that game started, to be honest with you. I don't know. This guy was like placed. It's like play. Give me, give I me a know. good. I'm not going to sit here and say someone's checked out. He's, he's he kept his same demeanor out. since I've. Lovey Smith has not had a different facial expression one time in my entire life. I've seen him throughout the years coaching the Bears. stress and how gray that beard is? I mean, he's getting <laughs> he older. Loves the but, beard. <laughs> but the team played well, all things considered. I guess, but again. You know, like, what did you expect many, to happen in that game? Yeah, but how many moral victories are we going to, like, we've made strides. Like, come on, man. The Texans are I mean, junk. what are you supposed to do? Say, hey, you know what? We suck. I don't even know why I'm here. You know, he's got to do his job. Well he's aware. not supposed to be looking excited when they're ga- getting beat by double digits. Even when they scored a touchdown, he was just... <laughs> just dead face. I don't know. Yeah, and they're anyway, one and six. What do you expect? And one. Don't go, don't take away that tie that they had in the uh, beginning of the year. Um, all right, moving on to a Philadelphia Eagle last night. Somebody's very interesting uh, because I am a my favorite position in the in the game of football is the tight end position. Dallas Goddard absolutely does wonders for the Eagles last night. Eight catches, a hundred yards, and a touchdown. Right now, he's sitting in between. Um, uh, George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson. So you can tell where he at, uh, where he's at on the market. He's the sixth highest ranked tight end uh, on the Mojo market right now, offering a five-time multiplier on this guy. Dallas Goddard has himself a day, and we talk a lot about this throughout the course of the last couple of weeks with anybody. I'm talking all pass catchers considered of who their quarterback is going to be for the future of their career. The Eagles made a trade last year. It was last year with Zach Ertz. Yeah. They were just like, you know what? You're great, but we got this guy. He's on the back burner. Uh, he's right here, ready to go. Dallas Goddard seems to be that guy, and, and a very, very good decision by the Eagles to part ways with Ertz and focus on this kid. Yeah, Goddard is essentially entering his prime right now. It's a perfect time that you want to get a tight end because tight ends take a little bit of time to get going in their career. Typically, you don't see a tight end in his first and second year doing well. That's why I'm so high on Kyle Pitts. I know that I everybody, say, yeah, everybody is expecting the world from Kyle Pitts right out of the gate, but tight ends take some time to, to marinate in the NFL. Dallas Goddard's in a prime situation. I think they did pay him, right? So he is on his second contract. Got it, yeah. I'm not sure. I think he's very early in his second contract. Why don't you check that out for me I so will. I don't look dumb? But, yeah, <laughs> being that he's on a high-powered offense, they just got rid of what was, you know, essentially a career tight end for them in Zach Ertz. I think that the Eagles are all in on Goddard, so I'm all in on Goddard. Sixth tight end overall right now with definite room to improve. I don't think that Kittle's going to stay there too long. I think Goddard's trending up, and that offense is going to be using They gave him. him a $57 million contract. He's a free agent. Uh after 2026. So, so he's, he's locked in. He's locked in yeah. with a good offense. I expect a lot out of Dallas Goddard over the next couple seasons. You're going to have some games where he doesn't do anything, though, because that's just the way that's the true. offense is. But he's more of a long-term play. You're yeah. going to get two or three good years out of Goddard going forward. I think you get more than that. I think there's the sky's the limit for this guy. And again, just so everybody's clear and all the Cowboys fans out there are clear, uh, his parents named Dallas because that that's what they wanted. They wanted him to play for the Cowboys. And the Cowboys missed out on him by like three picks or so. It was pretty uh pretty upsetting. But because we're looking for that 
guy after Jason Witten, you know, and Dallas Goddard would have been perfect. But now, why not go play for the Philadelphia Wah. Eagles? Wah. Yes, I'm crying here on a Friday. All right, speaking of crying, Davis Mills is, is a guy that, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of fun hype behind him, Mills Mafia, you know, a lot of, look, he does play well in, in spots. Last night, not so much. Uh, 13 for 22, two touchdowns, two picks. He looked okay in the first half, and sometimes when he was on the run, he found he dropped some dots. He did. But overall, I mean, I, I find it hard-pressed to think that Davis Mills is the guy, and now with the Texans sitting at 1-6-1, one and six and one, uh, with the season kind of getting away from them, and, and they're just not going to compete for this division title, they're going to find themselves in the top 10 of the draft. This Mills Mafia thing might have just run its course. And I know the Eagles are top team in the league record-wise, but I don't know, man. Every time I see that, it just doesn't seem – it, it, the eye test for me, it doesn't seem like he could start and sustain a, a career in the NFL as a starter. I mean, just I, don't, I, don't, test, I, really. I don't think that Mills is the man by any stretch, but I don't think it's his fault that the Texans aren't winning football games. He's obviously has his limitations, but what do they have around him? You know, I mean, Cook sat out. Nico Collins was hurt. Uh, Damian Pierce was the shining star. Damian Pierce I, I can't even tell you who their tight end is off the top of my head. But their defense is ranked 30th in total DVOA, I, I believe. So That's they're, rough. They're, Tough sledding. And, and they definitely can't stop the run, even though they didn't do terrible against the run yesterday. I didn't see much out of Miles Sanders um, or anything like Yeah, the, the Texans just aren't a winning football team. Philly ran for 143 Davis yards. Mills, I think last year he was arguably the best rookie quarterback. Right, like yeah. Mac Jones was definitely the best rookie last year, but second best rookie quarterback. I would make the argument for Davis Mills. If you did a redraft, and I talked about this yesterday, I'm not sure which show it was on. Oh, was they, uh, I'll show you. It's it was, and I saw it. It was uh, Dan Orlovsky who did a redraft. Okay, so no, no, it, it was wasn't. Derek Carr. No, it was David Carr. <laughs> it was David Carr, NFL Network. Yes. Either way, it was Justin Fields as the first quarterback pick. Davis Mills as the second. I guess you could say that that just means that the quarterback class was garbage. But I think it's too early to say that because some of these guys are too young. I mean, they had Trevor Lawrence going in like the, the second or third. No, he was mid-first round. They had Zach Wilson going in oh, third. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Because I completely just dropped the ball on this entire but graphic. But I just <laughs> think Davis Mills I think Davis Mills will probably get another opportunity somewhere else, or he'll be the backup in, with the Texans. He's done enough to show that he belongs in the NFL, and he'll be a sporadic starter in and out of opportunities. I just don't see him being a long-term guy. And the fact that they're picking so high in the draft and like they're essentially locked into the number one as of now, mm. that could change with some with some wins. And last year, Davis Mills got it turned up in the second half, and they won some football games and played themselves. Well, this is into his the first game pick. of a second half of a season, so I don't know. This might we'll not find have been good. Out. We'll right find now out. on the Mojo Market, however, he is behind potentially the guy that could be here next year in Houston, and that's Hayden Hooker. I want to look. So, him up. so Hooker is. Oh, by the way, Ocho Cinco invested heavily in Hooker last night. I saw that video. That was, you know, for me to be like, yeah, here's five or ten bucks, and you're like, I see Ocho Cinco kind of money just dropping on Hooker. He must be all in. But Hooker's sitting there above Davis Mills right now. So we'll see where the Texans wind up in the draft order. But a guy like Hooker could be your starting quarterback next year. I don't know. I could think be. that they're going to probably pick somebody. They're going to be picking higher than where Hooker's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Can Hooker? I mean, we'll talk about Hooker, and you can also tune into uh, uh, the opening bell. Uh, those guys are also on the YouTube channel. They they dove into Hooker, I believe, this week. As a matter of fact, on their show. But those are your top movers for last night. Again, there was some movement otherwise because of some injuries. I know Bateman was on his way down. No, uh, Cam Akers practice, so his stock went back up a little bit. So yeah, there's a lot of something worth monitoring. The Cam, yeah, Akers, keep your uh, eye on all that situation. Saga, but I don't. Again. I don't I don't buy into that. Are we talking about the Rams today? No. But like I, I don't buy into 
the Rams running back department right now. I just don't. I think there's too many guys over there. Their offensive line is bad. And yeah, you just said it too. They're they're almost dead last in rushing or something offensive. like that. Or their DVO or DVOA on on the offense is just. I think they have the worst run blocking in the league. Behind the guys like the Steelers, who Najee Harris can't get it going. Yeah, you know they're thirty second so, in adjusted line yards. Oof, that's, that's terrible. Like the 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 Ram, I can't believe and these guys are Super Bowl I can't champs last year. That the stat that I'm about to say is the Colts are thirty first in adjusted line yards. Thirty first, the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, Colts offensive, offensive that line, offensive line. Yeah, they got to get it going. Mind numbing, um, and they have a chance. The Col- like a team like the Colts can can resurge in the second half of the season under a. Hook them horn. I know. Right? I made, yeah. I made the, the, probably the mistake of in in a certain fantasy league that I'm in to buy low on a Jonathan Taylor, and I'm probably regretting it. But my team was two and six, so I had no choice. Nah, that's all right. Got to got to go after something. Got to. All right, let's get into week nine. Got a couple games that are jumping off the charts for us guys to pay attention to, guys you might want to keep your eye on, and we'll start with the local front with the Jets and the Bills. Um, This game, again, recipe, not very good for a guy that needs to bounce back, and we're talking about a guy like a Zach Wilson. I don't know if this is a good spot for him. He's been on record this week, met the media a bunch, kind of referred to this – Quarterback speak, like, that's just football. You know, we'll turn it around, blah, blah, blah. And then in come the Bills, and it's just like, uh, maybe not this week, but we'll turn it around eventually. Um, the Bills right now, both secondaries are actually giving up a lot uh, through the air. Believe it or not, uh, as good as the Bills are, they're giving up 223 a game through the air. So that's, that's relatively good. But you look at Zach Wilson, and you're like, eh, I don't know about all that. You know, like, who's he going to throw to? You know, is, is Elijah Moore going to get going? Is Garrett Wilson, who, again, has been one of the better featured rookies on, on the mojo market to, to keep your eye on, will he get it going? So the Bills secondary could be had. It's just a matter of the guy throwing him the ball. And right now we're both kind of out on Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson – you, we talked about Zach Wilson's numbers yesterday. They're not good. No. They're not. The more that he throws, I think he had 45 attempts last week, and he had three picks. The more he throws the ball, the more interceptions he's going to have. In the games where so he had 50, 14, 54. 10, 10 attempts, four attempts, yeah, uh, 14 it's... attempts, he's going to have no picks. But they don't have the run game to to help Zach Wilson in this case. And Buffalo's secondary has given up a lot of yards, but they were decimated by injuries in the it's early true. part of the season. It's true. That team is much better on the back end than they've played. And – the Jets' offensive line is trending downward, and the Bills' offense, uh, defensive line is one of the best in football. So I just think it's going to be a tough day for Zach Wilson in that offense. They're not going to be able to get much going on the run game because, again, the Bills' offensive uh, defensive line is just stout against the run and the pass. going to be a long the day Bills, for, the, for the Jets. The Bills' offense is averaging now 438 yards a game. So their offense is, if we say humming a lot on this on this program, uh, they're humming right now. So I think we're going to get to see these Jets corners get tested in the main. It's going to be Stephon Diggs and Sauce Gardner show that that'll be fun to watch to well, see. You know, they, even DJ Reed has been really good for the Jets. Yeah, and Gabriel Davis has been really good for Buffalo. We'll see. I, I think it's going to be a that's going to be the matchup to watch. And the Jets' defense can rise to the occasion and play well and keep them in this game. I just think it's just too much on the defensive side. And the Jets aren't going to be able to move the football. So I I could see this one getting ugly. All right. Moving on to the Seahawks and the Colts. This is probably the first time we've talked about the Seahawks this week. (laughs) I'm kidding. They're the topic of conversation for a lot of people because Geno Smith and, and co have them playing very, very good football. And right now they're sitting on top of the NFC West. I don't know how long that's going to last, but you know what? All signs point to them just kind of continuing a trend right now. They can run the football. Kenneth Walker to third. We talked about him at length yesterday, um, and he's doing incredible things. The only thing I could say is the Cardinals run defense 
Only giving up a buck ten on the ground, so I'm interested to see what they can do uh, against a Kenneth Walker to third. Um, but overall, the Seahawks defense, while they're having a decent year, they're almost giving up 400 yards a game. So here yeah, comes I'm here to the I'm Cardinals. Here to- Push back on that a little bit. Go ahead. Push because back. the last three games, the the Seahawks defense is maybe the top five defense, maybe even better than that. They're they moved into the top ten in, adju- in um, adjusted line yards defensively and adjusted sack rate. So, but they are giving a buck forty on the ground. So, is it a Kyler Murray type situation where you think he's going to go scampering buck off? Buck forty a on the ground, but to running backs in the last three weeks, it was the Cardinals got. 12 carries for 44 yards. They haven't given up over 55 yards rushing to running backs in over three weeks. 55, and Saquon's in that mix. Wow. So the Seattle defensive line, they switched to a three technique on the front, and it's made all the difference in the world. It's allowing their defensive line to get in penetration. So the last three weeks is painting the bigger picture. The Seahawks is... Their their defense is here to stay, and Geno is here to stay. Buy in on all Seattle right now. So now, in that same regard... Are you shorting a guy like, oh, man. <laughs> it was no, I swear to God, it wasn't supposed to work out. With you. Are you shorting Kyler Murray? <laughs> I mean, this the, week in particular, I will maybe? say this, that DeAndre Hopkins makes this offense a lot better, but I just, I'm, I'm finding it hard pressed to, to go along on Kyler. I mm-hmm. might not short him because I think that DeAndre Hopkins makes this offense a lot better and they might be able to put up some points. I just don't, I'm not sure about it. I'm going to check right now the offensive line stats for Arizona and then we'll find out. Yeah, because, because uh, like it's I, not looking good. Yeah, like I said, the, the Cardinals have shown glimpses of good. Um, ne- never great, but. Yeah, they're bottom 10 in the league in adjusted sack. They're going to have their hands full. No, I'm 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 shorting Kyler in this one. Okay. I just made my decision as okay. I'm looking at the data. Shorting Kyler on this week. And that, that you know what that means. He's throwing for at least 500 with four touchdowns. <laughs> no, this is in prime time. This is where Chris Settle down. This flourishes is where I here. Shine. I this is a, where you shine. Where we get to handpick the games. This and I'm is like, true. Okay, I'm going to go with the ones that I like. Here. Yeah. All right, another game we like. Is new faces, new places. It's the Bears and the Dolphins, right? So the Bears, who haven't been able to throw to anybody uh, within the first eight weeks of the season, acquire Chase Claypool. Also, go long on Kenneth Walker. I, that's, that's what I'm saying. You you put Walker money on and you leave it there. That's what I did three days ago. I said, here you go. You're in my portfolio now. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain touching your stock. I'm just going to watch it grow. Uh, but anyway, back to this game. So Chase Claypool gets dealt from the Steelers to the Bears for a second-round pick. We discussed that this week. Um, what I will say about the Dolphins right now, and their secondary was used to be their bread and butter, but now the secondary has given up 275 through the air. The only problem is Justin Fields hasn't really wowed anybody through the air. Is this the coming-out party of the Chicago air assault. Like, and when I say assault, I mean like just, you know, 250 or no, <laughs> 275 maybe. Their offensive line can't protect Justin Fields. So he's on the run all and the time. And just remember who just got traded to Miami. So their pass rush Mr. got a Mr. Bradley nice Chubb, who nice also got a massive contract. And when you're a pass rusher, you really don't have to wait to learn the system. It's right. going to be, hey, pin your ears back and get after the quarterback. And that's going to be his job in this one. Uh, there's a lot of hype surrounding Justin Fields and saying, has he turned the corner? Has he uh, made it? I don't believe in any of it. I think he's had one decent game on the road against the Patriots, and there is some talent there. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the most athletic quarterbacks to ever play the game. I just don't buy in on him being able to throw a 12-yard out Mm. accurately, and that's not going to change Dolphins made some moves on offense, too, adding to their running game. Also, addition by subtraction, really. They got rid of Chase Edmonds, but they bring in a Jeff Wilson Jr. I'm interested to see how much volume he gets. 
But I will say the Dolphins are almost 400 yards a game on offense. They're, they're really playing well. And if you saw what Dallas did to the Chicago Bears last week with 42 points of offensive points, other than the Micah Parsons run back, 42 points of offense, the, the Bears defense can absolutely be had Oh, yeah, hard. and they just traded Roquan Smith. So, yeah, the Dolphins, do they lose games with Tua playing? Uh, no, apparently. No, right? So, yeah, we talked about Tyreek Hill. You guys all know I'm waddle, waddle, shaky, shaky all day long. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in man. on Jalen Waddle. Um, and I think Jeff Wilson makes this team better because he's a little bit more of a thumper, mm-hmm. and that's what they needed. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Spider-Man meme, yeah. as far as I saw it. <laughs> and and uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. makes this offense better because he knows the system. Not that Chase Edmonds didn't learn it along the way, but Jeff Wilson and, and McDaniels I mean, they gave Chase Edmonds a cup of coffee to learn the system. Exactly. He's in and, and out of there before anybody even noticed that. He was actually there. Um, I hope he didn't buy any real I think, estate. I think Miami is making a strong push here. It's unfortunate they're not going to be able to do anything in the AFC because there's two other teams that I just don't see them getting past. But the Dolphins, Two other teams in the AFC? That I don't oh, see the them. Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, man, I don't know about that. But now listen, the, the Dolphins are going to score some points. And if you're a, an investor in a Tua with his multiplier and everything like that, you or know his career waddle, is going to go. Waddle, shaky, shaky. Or a little Waddle action or a little Tyreek Hill action. All the offense of Miami is going to get a little bit of a burst uh, going in this one. The Bears are just, like I said, a, a very, very bad defense. So we'll see. All right. Bad defense that got worse over the last two weeks, trading yeah. their two best players. Wow. Go All figure. Right. And now I'm questioning little fantasy stuff but i'll talk about that later on um anyway vikings and commanders this is probably the first time we're talking about the vikings i want to say I, i'm not sure maybe i know there's been times where we've had conversations like are, are there any teams that we haven't talked about throughout the first eight yeah. weeks well, i feel like this is one of them i I'm know not sure. i know because i did the you, you graphics, did graphics template so yeah. yesterday it's the <laughs> titans and panthers panthers and guess what they're not included anywhere on the show either uh but the vikings and commanders uh, is an interesting one because of the fact that again um, I don't know. Why the hell is this interesting? No, I'm kidding. The Vikings uh, got themselves TJ Hawkinson over the week, um, and the Commanders are absolutely playing better with Tyler Haneke as their quarterback. Um, I will say this. The Vikings are giving up, this is truth, 400 yards a game off, uh, defensively. So if this could be a moment for Scary Terry to continue on the upward swing, this might be it. Do you agree? Scary Terry can have himself a day here? Yeah. He definitely can. There's one almost thing that 300 yards Minnesota through the air. Minnesota has shown uh, spurts of decent pass rush with Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter, but it's just very inconsistent. Um, but what they've managed to do is very giant esque, and I got to tip your hat is that they've played well in big spots like their third down, fourth quarter mm. efficiency is much better, and they're turnover happy. The, the defense forces turnovers. I think in this one you're going to get a chance for Heineke to flip the ball to the other team a few times. Now. There's like a big story, a cool story surrounding Taylor Heineke, but he still is who he is. He's a guy that got beat out by Carson Wentz. There's, he's a guy that did he get beat out by Carson? Well, Wentz? Well, let's put it like this. He's I don't the think guy, he got beat he out. He was the guy. Yes, he did. Mm-mm. Without even an audition. The money. The money. Without even an, that's the whole point. He didn't even get beat out. He was beat out without even an audition. Mm. Carson Wentz was brought in because they had Taylor Heineke in camp the entire time. They knew what he was about, and they didn't believe that he was enough. Then they brought in Carson Wentz, and now we're left where we're left, right? Washington, another $30 million in the hole. Very typical. But, yeah, Taylor Heineke, I can't see him getting it done. Minnesota gets a lucky draw here. Washington, there's a lot of hype surrounding them. I think that they're a little bit overvalued right now. While I think Minnesota's overvalued as well, they're the far better team. The, the Minnesota offense, they added TJ Hawkinson. I don't think that's going to make... TJ Hawkinson stock better, but the Vikings are a far better team now. I'm looking at um, no Dalvin Cook in this one because the one thing I will say about the Commanders is their defensive front four 
is stout against the run. It's tough to get the ball going on the ground. And you said Chase Young finally practicing yesterday, right? I don't think he's going to play gonna this go, week. Not going to go, but he's almost there. Chase Young is almost back, which is going to be a, a bolster to that commander's defense. Kirk Cousins is not playing in prime time. I think this is his time to shine. If there is somewhere to be had, it's going to be... Big Kirk Cousins guy over here. I'm a huge Kirk Cousins. <laughs> well, it's not prime time, so I could, I could rely on Kirk Cousins. And this is not... Kirk Cousins primetime Chris right here. This is a Sunday slate, so I'm good to go. Kirk Cousins, and I don't know how you could really not be in on Justin Jefferson when you look across the uh, I mean, field. I mean, he at should the, be in your portfolio regardless, the uh, honestly. Secondary. Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in football. Um, anyway, moving on. Last game that we'll talk about is the Raiders and the Jaguars. And the reason why I bring this one up is because there's a lot of people, that just, just like you said, in this redraft thing that you uh, saw on, on social media, like – is this like the Raiders secondary has been beat plenty this year, right? Is this like your last like dude, come on, Trevor, show me something because right now, Trevor Lawrence, like I said, uh he, he's not playing that good of football and uh, 1800 yards, 10 touchdowns, six picks. He does have uh almost 100 yards rushing, believe it or not, over the four, uh, 27 rushes, but completion percentage over 60%. Yeah, sure, that's okay. But, like, you got to show me something here, man. You got to show me something. And now you have an opportunity to do so against a secondary that's absolutely suspect and can be had. You know? I, I just, yeah, their secondary is 31st in uh, total DVOA against the pass. And they're also – they've allowed the most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks in the league. I know Trevor Lawrence doesn't necessarily – But he could. – run often. He could. But I think in this game it's one of those things where you could expose that. The Raiders – They've had like a decent pressure rate, but they've not gotten home. They've had spurts where their defensive line has shown signs that they could do something, but they just haven't been consistent enough. Derek Carr, in the worst spots, throws bad picks. Uh, Devontae Adams, you would think that Devontae Adams would make Derek Carr better. He would elevate his play. It's actually made him worse. It's absurd to me. Come on back to Green Bay, Devontae. <laughs> we can use you. I, uh, listen, the Devontae Adams and Derek Carr thing is a little bit of a mystery. But again, if they're going to get right it's, as it's, a duo... It's put, it up could be against the up. it's put up or shut up for both sides right now. The Raiders stood pat at the deadline. I thought that they might be sellers, all things considered. I think that they're trying to salvage their season. I think it's a, a lost cause at this point. Last week was their only hope, and they got shut out. And this is a big game for both teams in terms of who's going to have a higher draft pick, right? So who's going to lose the game? That's the way this game should be being played. But as far as time is now on Trevor Lawrence, because that secondary, you're going to get a golden opportunity. If he can't succeed in this game at home against the worst secondary, arguably, in football, that gives up the most rush yards to quarterbacks in football, it's definitely time to start sounding the alarm on the Trevor Lawrence bust campaign, which it's kind of started a little bit, but this is a, People, there this have, is a huge There have been whispers, but now this is it, man. The Jaguars coming in 2-6, and six, the Raiders coming in 2-5. and five. The loser of this game, you would say goodbye to the 2022 NFL season at week 9, which is really upsetting, but at the same time, it's going to give you a better idea of where they can go. Like, they acquired Devontae Adams. I'm talking about the Raiders for a second. They acquired Devontae Adams in that hope of just this resurgence of offense. If, if they're finding out now that Derek Carr is also not the future, expect them to be in the quarterback market next year as far as drafting his replacement. Because, look, Derek Carr, and while, again, he's got the money, he's paid, it's all good and, and well in his bank account, but, man, oh, man, the, the Raiders, they got they got to beat the Jaguars I'm, I'm here, man. I'm looking, and I'm, I'm noticing a little bit of a trend that I think I might be a short play on uh, Travis Etienne in this one. Because as I'm looking at this right here, it says that the Raiders are top – 10, mm -hmm. I think they're 11. Against actually. the run? 
in uh, against the run, adjusted line yards, and that's their defensive line set, adjusted line yards. So they're pretty stout against the run, but they've allowed the most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. You know what that means to me when I put that equation together? They, they get to the quarterback, the quarterback scrambles and goes. Well, <laughs> well, most of their rushing stats that they've given up, or at least a bulk of them, because they're the worst against rushing quarterbacks, that means that they're pretty good against opposing running backs, the Raiders. So I might be shortened on a Travis Etienne because if, if you look at that, that's how that works out. You can't be really good somewhere and then really bad at the same place if there's not some type of weird anomaly. And the anomaly is they stop other pe- other teams' running backs from running the ball. So. I'm just looking at the Raiders' schedule thus far, and they've played guys like Eckler, Connor, Henry, uh, the Chiefs running back tandem, the Texans, the St. Kamara. You know what I mean? So they have played decent running backs. So if there's stuff in the run, great. But, again, Trevor Lawrence show, man. Show me something, dude. Show and me something. And the Raiders, throughout it all, they're still the best rushing football team in the NFL. And the Packers are second. Go figure. Yeah, well... And this is in terms of adjusted line yards, adjusted statistics. I don't want to hear about, oh, well, they're first in rushing, they're second. No, throw that stuff out the window. You got to look at the adjusted yeah, stats. So everything I tell you, forget about it. If he has the DVOA stuff and adjusted well, line yards, a good indicator, listen to a that. A good indicator would be the Seattle yes. defense because yes. if you look at them, because the as averages a whole, suck. But if you look yeah. at them as a whole, that's one thing. But then coaches make adjustments, and if you, it's there's a big sample size now. There's enough data as to where you could look over the last three, over the last four. Yeah. At home, on the road. Those things are all important when you're assessing these games. Yeah. So that'll do it for our Week 9 preview. Uh, be sure to follow all of the social media right now. Over the course of the next couple of days, look, they're doing contests and stuff. They were giving away 50 bucks last night in free stock just to pick the, the biggest mover. I, I must have seen 12 ghosts throughout the week and didn't even know that the contest. That shows you how... <laughs> Out detached of I was last week. I, I, I did have a I was under the weather last week, so I was yes, like, a little detached from things, but I, I lost out on money essentially <laughs> because I had Josh Allen was a ghost, Joe Burrow was a ghost, Tom Brady was Tom a zombie. Brady was, is, <laughs> yeah. is a zombie. All that stuff is great. So make sure you follow social media. Follow social media. Follow uh, Mojo on social media at Mojo. Be sure to do that uh, for all their contests and everything else. Head on over to mojo.com uh, for all your in depth analysis. The blogs over there, the articles that those guys are writing on the day to day are incredible. Um, and of course, join the Discord. We always, you know, I'm for one, again, I say this every show. I I always like to show my portfolio and show people that I know what the heck I'm doing. Um, and it only took me about a month and a half. So <laughs> I'm figuring it out as I go. I'm making money on the Mojo uh, stock market. And you know what? The only way to do that, download the app. You can't do it just like hopes and dreams. You got to go to the little app store, hit Mojo, hit download, put in all your information and get going on the Mojo app. This weekend in particular, a lot of money to be made. Do not leave it on the table. So for Dave Sturcio, Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. Enjoy week number nine. And we'll be back here to put a bow on it, talk about the games and preview some Monday night football. See you guys later. Have a great weekend.